You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me here? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. Yo, today we got a dope, dynamic dude. They got a fire project coming out from Penguin Random House, all right? Called The Under Kingdom. Let me first up introduce the first person that showed up that was on time. The artist. The mighty one. The only. The amazing. Yo, we connected on an awesome level in that green room. I can't wait to talk more on our nerdiness. The one, the only, Marie Younger. Wepa, how Hello. you doing? Good, how <laughs> I was early because I am in the North American time zone. I didn't have to wake up. I just got to do my average, like, 3 o'clock roll-in. Uh, there we go. Poor collaborators on the other side of the world uh. in the early wee morning hours. Oh, man. So let me introduce the person that I have put on the spot. Apologies. I did not know you having your coffee. But let me say you're an amazing writer with a, that fire project. The other half of this dynamic, the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Christoph. I, I messed up that. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Uh, yeah, but, uh, Bogach. Bogach. Christoph Bogach. Wepa. That's right, right there. <laughs> Here, folks, yo, know, there's an awesome dynamic dude. They got this fire book that's right, coming out, Random Penguin House uh, on, on the Kingdom. We're going to get all into that. But you know how it is. This is Comic Crusaders podcast. We need to get into origin stories. So, although I introduced me first, all right, it was being, it was being nice because, you know, uh, she was early, but however, <laughs> now, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize I'd be nice. Let's start with you. <laughs> I'll start with you now. All right, so a bit about yourself. Where you OG from? Where you at now? And just, you know, what was your first love of fandom? Interesting. Yeah. It's me, right? I'm going first? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I live in Sydney, Australia. So I was was born here. I'm, I'm, I'm from Australia as much as anyone can kind of be from Australia. You know, like... But, you know, unless you, you know, unless you're, um, it's a little bit like America in the sense, you know, obviously we're very much a country of immigrants, unless, you know, you're a, a First Nations, um, Indigenous Australian, you know, then you, then you are from here. So my family is, um, British and Austrian. Uh, yeah, it's, but I'm, I'm pretty much Australian lived here my whole life. Um, in terms of, I guess my first fandom, man, that's a good question. Yeah. Man, I, I think I, I think it would would probably be next man. Pretty yes, sure, pretty man. sure it would be next man. Yeah, comics I or think. cartoon. Um, the movies, the live action movies. The movies. The oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Wow, so yeah, yeah, yeah. came different. Everybody always tells me that the cartoon and the comics. You're the front and says, "Yeah, with the movies." No, oh, I was cool. so I I was brought up in quite a quite a um uh conservative religious household so it's brought up okay. seventh-day Adventist. so it was quite I, I don't know if i've talked about this on other interviews but the media i kind of had access to was quite limited so as i kind of got older mm. uh and and lived on my own and stuff i kind of found a lot of stuff really late and the x-men films were one of those things that i found really late and kind of just became super into and then from there got into comics when did you watch the x-men movie 
Oh, I would have been like 19. What? Nine? Yeah, I, guess 19. I, oh. I guess I didn't think that Wolverine was so sinful. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought he like, he, I mean, I guess he had like a, a, I guess he fights, but hey, what are you supposed to do when you're adamantium? I remember I had an X-Men, uh, I think it was, yeah, I had like a, a Wolverine poster. And my mom just did not like the post. She was, oh, like, not. she was like, it's demonic. I don't like it. I'm like, it's Wolverine. <laughs> oh, wow. Wolverine oh, your mother would have flipped. Your mother would have flipped with me because I used to put a Freddy, Jason, and I mean the Jason with the rotted face poster from the Fangoria magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the only poster my mother made me take down because my brother was terrorized. He, you know, he was a little kid at the time. And because of that, I, t- I punished him. So anytime we would watch a, he would try to watch a horror movie with us. We would make yeah. believe we were zombies. We would flip our eyes, make them white, and be, yeah, we're going to eat your brain. Oh. And this kid would run it. <laughs> and we terrorized him for life. And he funnily enough, once. <laughs> he, he, funnily enough, he's the biggest horror fan today. <laughs> Amazing. That's that's how it happened to me. I was afraid of like the masks in the Walgreens for Halloween. I wouldn't go in there if I knew if I knew one rubber mask was in there that was off limits. I refused to go in. And now I love horror movies. I couldn't handle it. Something about (laughs) something about the way that like, okay, so movie gore is so different than like like actual gore and it's yeah, super I like it. I feel like you can smell it in a weird way and it smells like latex and it's no good. Totally. Yeah. I love it. But, love oh, it. spooky. Love it. All right. So my man here from Oz is my boy Dodgy, you know, because I, I do a show with, with my man from Australia too. We call it the Yeah Now Web Show. <laughs> oh, whereabouts so, is your whereabouts is the, the co your co host from? But he says Sydney side? Don't yeah, okay. Dodgy. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's funny. Australia is kind of a weird place in the sense that you know, I'm whenever I go to the states, I'm always like amazed by like how many big cities you have. Like, yeah, there are so many different places to live. Whereas Australia, we've just kind of got a few big city host, and that's it. No one really lives in the in the middle of the country. Um, it's empty. It's, oh my gosh, I could build up my domain much. there. You trying to say? Let's go. You're in Morton <laughs> Joe domain. <laughs> Let's go. You could run Let's all the water of the wasteland. Let's go. Isn't yeah. Like, is there like a isn't there like one big highway through like the middle of it that semi Oh yeah, on? yeah. The null yeah, the nullabore. The nullabore. I'd be oh, so man. scary to drive. I would dress up like man Max for real and just go let me drive this highway and <laughs> see what happens. That's so long. I, I, I lo- be- listen, I, I told my boy I used to joke like, I watched more Australian shows than him because I wasn't you guys had a lot of cool superhero shows and and horror shows with that Wolf Creek when it went episodic. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It was pretty creepy, yo. I mean, in Australia, yeah. It was, it was an Australian show. Wolf Creek went episodic. I, I was like, That's yo. Right, yeah. <laughs> same dude, same actor. Yeah, they picked it up. They did that Evil Dead That's style. Right, yeah, same George Jarrett. Interesting. Yeah. I actually oh. have some uh, some goss about that that I will will talk about off air. Uh, 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 awesome, awesome. But awesome. it's not, um, it, unfortunately, it's not on air goss. Hey, all right, I, all right. I love secret goss. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We're going to get that bochinta later, and don't worry, I will not share it, folks. Ooh, <laughs> I'm a vault. All right, Marie, your, your turn. Where, where you from, OG, and, and origins of your fan? I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona, 
but I moved to a rural community in Missouri when I was like 11. And now I live in St. Louis, which is like an hour outside of the rural community that I moved to. And I like it. I like St. Louis well enough. Missouri kind of super sucks, but St. Louis is cool. And my biggest fandom. Okay. So I'm super into Clive Barker still. So lasting fandoms was Clive Barker because I got into all of his stuff, like his kids stuff when I was a kid. So like Aberat was my favorite thing ever growing up. And then Thief of Always, I super loved. And then when I was like 16, I saw Clive Barker, like, I think it was like Everworld or something like that. It wasn't even oh, Books man. of Blood, but it was like Everworld. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, I got to pick. Oh, it was Great and Secret Show. It was Great and Secret Show. So I picked that one up oh. and I started reading it and I was like, oh, Clive Barker is not an art, like an author for kids. He's like an adult author for adults. Mm. And it's like gruesome and bloody <laughs> and yes. super weird and that was kind of it i got super into his stuff and from there i got into like i just other weird like stuff i'm not super into like tell, tell me the hp lovecraft stuff the post stuff all that crazy you know, I, had, I had my uh, i had my <laughs> moment i had i had i never had an hp lovecraft moment because i read one story by him and i was like you suck this is boring to read and your language is gross and also old. Oh, and it was, that was boring. crazy, but uh, oh, really? I could not get I into it. It was it's crazy. It's he, dated. It's dated for no, sure, but it's crazy. It was, <laughs> but I was, I was too like, I was too irreverent. I was like, I don't care about you. I'm gonna move on. So I think I like read Call of Cthulhu because I was like, I gotta start somewhere. And then yeah. I think from there it was like Brian Evanson is like my my eldritch dude. I love his stuff. Stephen Graham Jones. Oh my God, Victor Leviel. I love their stuff. Cassandra Ka is doing super cool like Eldritch stuff now, but I didn't get super into that until like six years ago when I started writing like Eldritch fiction books. I was not, I was super unknown to it. I like, I like, uh, I like a lot of, ba- I like music more than I like art fandoms. I don't know. Like I, yeah, I love Clive I, Barker, but I also just love, uh, weird zine like i like black and white zine comics that are produced on like a photocopier that was always like my big my big uh, love until i got into comics i was one of i was one of those people and i'm still it's not a problem but i grew up on, <laughs> I, I, I i grew up on conan you know the, there the was Sabbath no store, black and white that was my joint so i grew up on black and white i was like I'm always been a fan of black and white and always will be. I love walking there when it first came. People ignore it. I'm like, yo, this book is so good. And they told me, I swear to God, their words were, it's not in color. So come on, it really is not going to be much. I'm like, really? Okay. How mistaken. No manga is in color. (laughs) Why are we not allowed to be in black and white and be badass? Like, it sucks. Like, people. Right, right. Manga, okay, but not comics. Insane. Yeah. I love love doing black and white stuff, but it's valued at like half the amount of color stuff. And I'm like, sometimes sometimes black and white is harder because you have to make sure everything works without like color tricks. It stinks. Totally. I love black and white comics. I'm glad you liked Conan. I loved, uh, I love Judge Dredd. Yeah, I was, I was oh, yeah. gonna say. Yeah. I love that shit. On on the color thing, I think people just incorrectly assume that like black and white is quicker. And like you said, Marie, a lot of the time you have to like yeah. design stuff specifically around it. It takes me way less time to do a black and white. No, well, I don't know. Like, 
I factor in my, I guess this is like a collaboration thing, but I always factor in like my time for colors and letters, colors and letters as different than inking pages, right? Because you can only do, I can only ink about a page or two a day, but I can color like five to 10 pages a day. So they take way less time to color, but I don't know. I feel like our flatters, Jordan and Jasmine, would probably disagree disagree with me. <laughs> they were really patient with us because they we had like two people on on our book who helped us fill in like all the the color flats for me, so that yep. isn't so challenging. And they did a really good job, but I don't really envy their task because I do a lot of questionable shapes. It could be anything. And they guessed really well every time. So <laughs> I don't know. So, so let me ask you guys, and uh, going back to Kristoff, did you have a, uh, uh, a tribe, if you will, in your fandom growing up? Or were you a lone wolf in your fandom? <laughs> lone wolf makes it sound so much cooler than just like a weird, <laughs> <laughs> weird kid without any friends. Um, hey, you want to be called yeah, a weird or whatever you want. Totally. No, I was... <laughs> I was a weird, yeah. I was, I was a bit of a weird, I, the weird. I was kind of like the weird, annoying Christian kid for for a lot of my my okay. my teenage years. I mean, the one thing I think that kind of I kind of had a bit of community in was uh, big into Warhammer. I still am um, now, so that was kind of my okay. thing as like a as a teen, and I would meet a lot of people through that. So that was kind of I think the closest thing I probably would try. All right, Warhammer. So that was okay, but comic books weren't. You know what? I think my mom, I think a lot of it, and I, I think a lot of kids from like strict religious upbringings will probably agree with this, but a lot of there's, there's inconsistency in the media you have access to because a lot of it has, a lot of it has to do with how much your parents know about things. So <laughs> they like the fact that Warhammer was like, you know, like a, a tabletop game, so it's not like a video game. And like I was painting things, so they didn't need to know about like all the chaos demons and shit. Um, but yeah, I think it's very much, <laughs> it's very much like how much, oh yeah, how much your parents or how literate your parents are in particular things, kind of equals how much access you get. I could imagine them playing in the room and the chaos. As demons swarm, the mom comes in, and the demon, the angel's about to feed the little children, you know, and he's diving in and <laughs> being all kind. Yeah, that's how we play with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Marie? L- lone wolf or, or or the cool cool kid? There was there was not even a bookstore in the town that I grew up in, and okay. I remember when my boss at work, I worked like a, a job after school at a factory. And my dad also worked at the same place. And so he told our boss once that I was super into graphic novels. And that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. And he avoided me for a straight week and then finally came up to me as I was filing stuff (laughs) and was like, your dad says that you want to draw graphic novels forever. And I was like, yeah. And he got like this deer in the headlights look and walked off. And he went into my dad's office a week later and was like, I just found out that graphic novels aren't porn. And they have a whole section for them at Barnes and Noble. Oh, yeah, so right. that's the sort of community that oh I grew up God. in. <laughs> and oh uh, I was a very lonely, weird kid who spent a lot of time. They took wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, this is killing me. They took the word graphic literally in graphic novel. Oh yes, yes, and many of them still do. Uh, <laughs> I, I 
I like we had like a, I don't want to doom spiral because it's like it's super easy to doom spiral, but like Missouri is gonna oh. ban under kingdom. <laughs> like they don't they they look at like whatever whatever tag is on the front of the book, and if it's a graphic novel and it's graphic, it's porn. And if it says LGBTQIA plus on that book, it's banned. It's a weird it's a weird place because like like Christoph, like you said, you had you were doing like cool creative things with Warhammer. And if your mom had known about the demon stuff, probably wouldn't have gotten to do all that cool stuff. But like my parent, I had, I had so many mental health problems growing up that my parents were just like comics, drawing, whatever, do that. We're happy. We're happy that you're happy. And so they never cared, (laughs) but the community, the community was not super into the stuff that I was into and went to read. I, I do you remember the movie Time Machine that came out in like two thousand one or two? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I went and saw that. And it was a remake. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. I I took it was terrible. I remember it not being very good. That's but right, I remember yeah. taking like the friends I had at the time to the movie, and they hated it. And for the rest of my time in that town, I was never allowed to pick another movie to go to. So I had picked a wow. wrong movie <laughs> one time. Oh, uh, so machine. now I don't go back hey. to that town. <laughs> And yeah, I've got I, lots I of friends now who let me pick movies. It stinks. It's super weird. It's just it was listen, it was uh, not a good I movie, but it was okay. Listen, well, I am credited. My reviewer, may he rest in peace. My first movie reviewer for Comic Crusaders. He was a known movie reviewer out in Ireland, and I had gotten a movie for review in the com- in the comic mm-hmm. realms. And I said, "Yo, homie, send me this for review. You, you know, can you review it for the team?" He goes, "Sure, no problem, Al." And all confidence and happy. And then he credits me afterwards with giving him the worst movie he has ever seen in his life and gave, and gave me wow. a choice to review. He goes, I could either be constructive or I could tear it up. I'm like, please Ooh. be constructive. For the love of God, please be constructive. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what oh, was no. the movie? I need to know. I, I, I'll tell you off screen. I don't want yeah, to cool. I'll, ah, tell you boy, yeah. I'll tell you off screen. I don't want to embarrass the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, love I it. mean, for real, it, 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 he, you know, and he when he, we passed away, that, at least that's one great movie that even his his friends tell me. Yeah, he he credits you with that. He always credited you with the worst <laughs> movie he's ever seen. I'm, I'm like, oh, these shit. Thank you. Aren't you glad that he remembers you for something? I mean, I guess I guess it's fun. I think it's well, fun. I, well, a bad movie is fun. If I get to where he's at, I'm gonna be punished for sure. All right. <laughs> All right. So. So talk about getting creative. I go with Marie here. So talk about you starting to step into your creative journey and space. You know, how did this even happen? Yeah. I wanted to be an animator since I was six. Like I walked out of Toy Story and I told my dad I want to be an animator. And he said, you're going to have to learn Japanese if you want to be an animator so you can go animate in Japan because <laughs> anime was super big. And I was like, well, I don't think I can learn Japanese. So I let that dream die for a minute. But when I realized I couldn't be a marine biologist either because I was afraid of the open ocean uh, and my therapist was like, yeah, it's like everyone wants to be a marine biologist. But do you want to have to go sit out by yourself in the open ocean? Like, no, (laughs) no, me neither. I don't want to be be with myself in my apartment. Hardly. Jesus. (laughs) It was it sounds awful. And so then I was like, well, I have to come up with something else. And I'm terrible at math and science, but I'm pretty good at writing. And my therapist was like, you need to draw. And so I started drawing Invader Zim fan art like every day. Um, And that's why I draw this way, because there wasn't really like 
art classes in my any of the schools that I went to. Uh, there was like maybe once a week you would have like drawing time, but that was kind of it. So I started drawing Invader Zim stuff, got really into like the nice. 90s comics about a decade too late. So I got really into that stuff and I would pirate uh-huh. stuff all over. So I had like copies of comic books that were like chopped up and all sorts of weird because they were just from wherever I could piece them together. And I was like convinced I was just going to do animation for the rest of my life. I went to school for animation and then I got my first job in animation and I was like, oh, this actually su- <laughs> this sucks. It was a really grueling schedule. It was uh, not as much money as I felt I should be paid if I was working such a grueling schedule. And the people who had been there longer weren't making as much money as I wanted to make if I was going to have to do that. And I was looking at like my life, my future in LA. And I was like, when am I not going to have a roommate? When am I going to be able to live? <laughs> Never. I'm going home. And so I came back to St. Louis and there was a local creator here who was like, you have no job. You have no prospects. I'll help you out. And so I started doing like panel borders for him and filling in spot blacks. And I started coloring comics from there. And then I started like drawing them and lettering them and putting them together and going to conventions and doing like, you know, I, I got really into horror. Yeah. So just like my own thing. And then I was at Emerald city in 2018 and I was tabling. Yeah. And then Christoph came up and at the time we were like both kind of looking for another project to do. I had been asked by random house to submit something for YA and I don't write stuff for kids or I super didn't at the time. And Christoph and I just hit it off really well. And so we came back from Emerald city and started working on under kingdom. I actually just found the pitch pages today as I was looking for something else. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, so that was kind of like what led us to, I don't know, up to, up to under right. kingdom, just a lot of drawing. Okay. And I love to draw and I, I like to work on my own stuff with other people and now i get to do that so it's really exciting <laughs> i love really? it all right uh, chris now tell us your journey and then do you agree with, with the the simplicity of the bromance right there uh creativity <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah made yeah. it easy peasy we met we kicked it off that's it easy peasy. Hey, look so <laughs> in terms of the bat there's a little bit of background to before marie and i met which was that I was a big fan of their their work and was quite I was very green and you know they they'd done a had done a, a handful of stuff at that point so I was very intimidated and I remember that uh, I thought about Marie like asking Marie about it to come on for a different project before I met them and I remember thinking no they wouldn't want to work with me they're a big shot I remember thinking that which I still I still am imp- so weird which I still believe I mean Marie is a big shot I'm very fortunate to have them work with me but. But it was just funny. I had that thought, and now Marie is, you know, like one of my closest Marie and, and Rob are, you know, some of my closest friends. I'm going to stay with them in a in a in a few in days. A I'll week. be in the state. Yeah, yeah. So like, oh, it's snap. it's just funny. You're doing WonderCon. No, we're doing C two E two. Yeah, C two E two. This is where you'll be staying, Christoph. This is your room. How excited! Um, right under that, that t- right under that desk right there. There you go. You know, you, you move know the what? bug over. You stay. I can make it work. I'll curl up. I'll egg <laughs> at the time I'm we there. have We have a curtain that we hang from the door, so it's like you have your own little, like, How exciting. closed-off area. Um, 
Yeah, so that's kind of the background there. But yeah, I and one of the reasons you know Marie and connected is is some similar taste in music because Marie had put out you put out a zine called Punks Punks Win. Yeah, it was Punks Win. I forgot yeah, about that until had, you brought it up again. Oh, there snap. were two comics right. in particular there. That one was a uh, song "Cheap Beer" by Fiddler uh, that that they illustrated, and then the other was uh, was it Pine Point by Pop? Yeah, so, it would have been Pine Point. Yeah. yeah, Pine Point. Yeah. So at the time, I was super into both Fiddler and Pop, and I just didn't really know anyone else who was, you know. So when I saw those comics, I was like, oh hell yeah, someone else kind of like likes is into the same kind of like. There's another weirdo. All right, great. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, which is always, I mean, I think that's how a lot of people meet in comics. It's like you just kind of find out that you have something in common and you just, you know, usually it's something you you love in common. uh, And you just kind of go from there. It was nice to have, like, the music aspect, too, because then it wasn't always just about, like, comic stuff. Especially, like, in the new, when we were first friends, it was like, you want to have lots of stuff to talk about. And so we had oh, lots of stuff to talk about. 100%. Well, particularly, I think, with, like, when you find people who are into punk music in particular, like, it doesn't mean you're going to have exactly the same, like, morals, but it's unlikely you're going to have huge moral clashes if you're both, like, yeah, if you're both, like, punk music. Did you have Marie try that thing you guys like in Australia, that salty spread? What's it called again? <laughs> You know, yeah, so veg, uh, yeah, veggie mite. Oh, veggie I mean, mite, that's disgusting. You brought us Tim Tams. You brought us Tim Tams. Oh, Tim Tams. Yeah. Oh, I love Tim Tams. Yeah, my boy brought me Tim Tams. I fell in love. I met the creator, uh, uh, a creator out there and um, at the con. And yeah. he and my boy gave him a pack of Tim Tams. He goes, you must be from Australia. He goes, bro, when I went to Australia, I had to buy another suitcase. That's because so that many people gave me Tim Tams. I bought a, a suitcase oh worth God. of Tim Tams back home. Well, so, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> so I, but Veg, I have you tried Veggie Mike Marie? Please. Huh? Would you say I haven't tried I haven't uh, tried Veggie Mike yet? I've only ever had No, I have I blessedly I have dietary restrictions and I feel like Vegemite might kill me. It might actually well, kill me. It might be poison. If, if you have high blood pressure, let me tell you, you're dying instantly then because that is the saltiest, most disgusting exactly. thing I've yeah. ever tried in my life. <laughs> I thought I, I, yeah. I was going to die. It looks, it See, looks like I would rather Australian eat people. Nutella. Don't I trust the Australian folks. My boy dies. He tricked the shit out of me telling me it was going to be nice. It's like butter. Yeah, butter my ass. Ugh. Isn't it like very? Oh, sorry, Marie. No, no. Right. I was just going to ask if it was made of beer yeast, which is what I thought it was. Like it was like I, the cast off. Yeah. Okay, it's like uh, a yeast spread. What I was going to say is that horrible. I have very, very strong ethical opinions about about food, and one of them is that you should never trick someone into eating something. I'm very against food. I like that. I think that just, (laughs) I think food is such a sacred, wonderful thing, sharing food with someone. I think food is just. Oh, okay. Everybody now. Do not give Christoph the hot, the the, the Dorito challenge, you know that. (laughs) Oh, no, please, no. We made you eat. I when I did that. 
We made you <laughs> eat St. Louis style pizza when you came in, which the I love. Toasted raviolis. I actually Ooh, have been craving T-Rabs. T-Rabs. Sorry. We'll get you what? some tea wraps when you're in town. A toasted ravioli it's is a ravioli man. that's deep fried. What? Yep, it's awesome. People that's shit so on good. St. Louis pizza because it's it's like a circle cracker square. Uh, but well, toasted raviolis that, uh, are legit. Okay, well you see, so don't good. try to. So I'm from New York, so don't talk about pizza because yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I, look, I, I do I do admit that we really cannot compete with your pizza, especially because our pizza is super weird. But if you want like a fucked up pizza experience, you're gonna want to go get the most fucked up pizza you can get, and you cannot get one weirder than Provel cheese because it's it's not technically a cheese, it's a dairy product because it has such a low melt point in case because you know when you're eating it by the rope you don't want to choke on it and die so it it does melt at like what body temp yeah the most morbid way of describing a pizza it comes out like you can get the flat sheets of it but you can get like you know when they like extrude sausage so imagine that but it's cheese it's like in those like weird little like chunky ribbons in like a pile and then you can just peel it Oh, it's so good. It's got such a low melt even so, so you never choke. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a pothead, and that does not sound appealing to me in, in, in any way right now. <laughs> I eat it whenever, whenever I, whenever I have it. Like I, I have to ration my passion for it so that I can like have four days worth of the cheese. It's okay. so good. You don't know. It lasts four days. All right, all right. I, I, I won't judge. I won't judge. When you I gotta come and have season- a. Okay. If you come in for Slice, which is our new St. Louis Comic Expo, and it's going to be sick, I hope. Uh, we'll take you out for some Provel. We'll get you some. We'll get you some. We won't make you eat the pizza, but we will get you the little container of cheese so you can taste it. We'll get you toasted raviolis. Those are legit good. They're like they're fried good. ravioli. They're delicious. All right. That sounds they good. Have a, I'm, not, I'm a ravioli fan, so you got me on that one. Just don't talk. I shit would about highly recommend. I can't look. I I understand, but St. Louis, those raviolis. Now I really want one. Anyway, they're so good. Don't do it. I'll come here with <laughs> your raviolis. I give you an empanada. All right. So all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, Man, let's go. I had all a right. I had a super Uh-oh. good one this past weekend with just I don't know what they did to this chicken inside it, but it was so good. It was so good. Anyway, so, it was just York, like a dim- mama's empanadas. A big shout out to Mamba's Empanadas. We're going to go there. They got mac and cheese empanadas, cheeseburger empanadas, oh, pizza yeah. empanadas, all types of them. Shrimp empanadas, Ooh. you name it. They, you want that stuff oh, and they shrimp. got it. Yes. Oh, wait. Oh, yes. Yeah, Mamba's Empanadas, what? you said? I want to go yeah, there. Yeah, Mamba's in Queens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let me oh, tell yeah. you, man, that's the best spot to go to once you're drunk. You come out the club, you're good. You know, you need something to, to uh, shake you up. There you go. <laughs> Wepa, that's yeah. right. So Hold back to books. Hand. So do you agree with, with the bromance story though, Christoph? It was really that easy peasy that you guys worked oh, together yeah, and, and, and melded. <laughs> we yeah, went and yeah. got pizza. I think we had dinner that same night. Like you came yeah. up, you commissioned me for a night crawler, uh, and then we had dinner. And then we were friends. Ah. Yeah. Ah. He bought you first. He, he brought. Like, let, me, let me buy an no, art piece from you. Can I take you to dinner? I gotta talk to you. 
<laughs> no, we, we, I wasn't, so like my, my, I don't know. Okay. So my convention ethos is I don't know who anyone is because I don't read enough comics that my friends don't write to know who anyone is. So I don't know who's famous and who is not famous. I don't read almost any big two stuff unless a friend of mine wrote it. So I don't know what's current. And I don't remember what anybody looks like from convention to convention. So unless you are a super cool person, I probably won't remember you. Like, unless you're a cool person to me and the other people around me. And so like when Kristoff came up, like, I don't know, we just hit it off. And so I don't do bar con. I don't do the networking stuff at conventions. Like, I don't want to say like the force networking stuff, but like the stuff that kind of everyone expects to go to. I I was brought into the comics community by this awesome guy named Herc. Uh, he's in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's awesome. Herc the Greek. If you're ever in Heroes, Herc is the guy to talk to. He knows all of the cool stuff in Charlotte, and he is an amazing guy for the comics community. But his whole thing was he saw me struggling to bring my stuff up once. We hit it off just briefly in that moment where he offered to help me. And he was like, what are you doing for dinner on Saturday? I was had no plans. And he was like, come get dinner with us. And that was it. And now whenever I go to a show, if I meet someone who seems really cool, I just ask them to come have dinner with us. And sometimes it's people like Kristoff, who's like another creator. But I've had just like fans come to dinner on occasion just because they seem cool. Right. And then they were cool. And now I have a friend. So I always have someone who brings me coffee at a convention because I have friends in every city now it's awesome like comics can be so cool just the whole community can be so cool and i i don't know i highly recommend just inviting people you think are cool in comic book conventions out to dinner with other people with a group of people not like by yourself (laughs) i I wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't do that if i didn't already know that we had like five other people coming but it's 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 a good way to make friends uh, and it was yeah, super low pressure. I think I think we went and had like pizza and then we got yeah, records yeah. and we went to like a bookstore. It was just super chill. And then we went back to Barcon. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. ended up at the same place. But it was fun. There we go. All right. So talk to me. What is Under Kingdom? Tell the folks, cause we gotta we we gotta start putting that that paper in there. Uh oh, uh oh. Do you have a copy? Don't don't you Very dare bring that up. Hey! Oh my God! Go. I have a whole Woo! box of these. Yeah. Nowhere Whoa. else in America or Australia has them. They are in port right now. Our Look at release Look date at was pushed back by a week. Am a I right? Week? Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. So the comic book release date is uh yeah. Yeah. Check um, that out. Nice thick books. Oof. It it is thick. Look at that. Yeah, well, my computer, my screen is probably not super great. Come on. Please that is focus. nice self porn right there. Look at that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's thicker than I, I expected just because it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, a smaller book. Hey, um, but yeah, so Und- Under Kingdom is a, a wire graphic novel from uh, Me and My Some Dark Horse comics. And it's about uh, this kid, Shay, whose mom disappears. Uh, and he finds out that she ran this kingdom of monsters that live underneath his town. And with her out of the picture, he now has to take over. Um, but unlike okay. his mom, who is sort of 
who leads who led the under kingdom with sort of strength and might shay's not a fighter he's you know a, a sweet kid he he can't he doesn't want to fight he's not very good at it so he kind of has to figure out how he proves to these monsters that only really understand strength and, and power how he kind of how he can lead them you know so it, it's it's about sort of staying kind and and finding peaceful solutions you know in a in a world that is is often sort of quickly resorts to to cruelty and violence what are the origins of the story though how long did you have this story in you is this or is this something that just popped up in in the collaborative effort with marie that's a great yeah that's a great point i mean i'd been sitting on like the very kind of like the the simplest form of the concept so like the idea of like a kid's mom or someone's mom disappearing and then realizing that they 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 have this like kingdom of monsters they have to look after. I've had that idea for a while. Um, and originally I was kind of had thought about it as something like in the adult space, but it very quickly turned into like a breaking bad, like a fantasy breaking bad with monsters, which just isn't something that I want to write or could write particularly well. Anyway. So when Marie kind of approached me about, you know, um, at the time, yeah, it was Random House asking for a pitch, although it ended up at Dark Horse. Um, uh, I just brought up Under Kingdom, and then and we kind of together reworked it as as, as something you know for for a younger audience. So the the very core premise I've had for a while, but the actual you know what you see now when you pick up book, you know, is very much something that Marie and I cooked up together. Nice. So Marie, what, what were you digging in artistically when, when you when you got the story? Christoph gave me every monster I wanted to draw. Like I, hey. I love, I love drawing like monster parades. So long lines of any sort of monster and any monster I asked for got put in the book. So I, I get to draw whatever monster I want to draw. It's awesome. It was really great. I really enjoyed doing our pitch, which is, it's very weird now to look back at because the art is super Hardly. clunky compared to what it is now. And this art will be clunky compared to what it will hopefully be in in the next couple of years. But it it was just fun. Like Christoph came to me with this idea. I was like, this seems like a kid's book. I love monsters. Let's do it. And it felt it felt really easy. It felt right. I don't know. We just kind of totally. kept trading stuff back and forth. And there was never it was a really easy project to work on because I it was super good for my mental health. I loved working on it creatively. It was just fun. I don't know. I, I loved it. It was super easy. Totally, I think that yeah. you can see that I had a good time drawing it, though, because it is packed. I really loved it. I don't know. Everything I everything I wanted to draw, I got to draw on this book. I love dungeons. I love dankness. I love monsters and skeletons. I got to draw all that stuff. Feels good. Oh, snap. There we go. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So April 12th, that's a bit yeah. good. Are you guys excited? I mean, and what's the plan? Is it just a one-shot? Because this is like a, a, a fat boy right there, 88 pages, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah we want to so, do more. Yeah, we, we desperately want to do more. I'm, you know, I, but as, as is, you know, often the case in, in comics and the direct market is, you know, it's just a case of uh, – if the first book sells well, we can do more. But from a creative perspective, a hundred percent, you know, we've 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 thought a lot about. We, sorry, my um girlfriend's just in the background. Wave, Nikki. <laughs> Hi, Nikki. No, okay, you're oh like. Oh my a, gosh, is she like behind a, a screen? 
No, it's just because I don't know what's going on with my camera. It's not very good quality. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so like creatively, we want to do more. Um, you know, okay. that's, I, you know, desperately. Um, but it really just depends on, yeah, uh, you know, the sales numbers. So people, you know, who have pre-ordered the book or are able to pick it up when it comes out, you know, that's such a, a big help in, in hopefully, you know, giving us the sales numbers we need to move on to another book. What do people say rated on Goodreads? Give us a like and a review on totally. Goodreads and Amazon. So that's the show I have for that. But yeah, like it, we have a outline for book two that is super solid and has a ton of awesome stuff in it. I would argue, yeah. arguably say that it is better than book one. And I'm really excited to draw the stuff that will get to be in it just because we've like, we got all the established world building stuff out of the way. Now it's just I was like, say, here. Yeah. It just feels like you're just plunked into it. And there's so many, like, I don't want to spoil any of it, but Christoph came up with a couple of really exciting, like, settings and landscapes and creatures and scenarios that, like, if I was playing them in a D&D &D game, I'd be really excited. And if I was a kid who got to read a book about this stuff, it would make me excited to explore this stuff out of book, you know? So... I hope Thank we get a second friend. book. I hope our sales numbers right, are good right. so that we, we can do that yeah. because it, well, it would be really let's fun. Let's manifest it. Let's manifest it, baby, because I love it. Fun read. Uh, I said in the green room, I got halfway through the book thus far. It's definitely been quite a ride, fun, digging the characters and the world building and meeting everyone and seeing where this is going. So, so far, so good. I'm digging it. Going to see Thank where it's so going. Much, and yeah, yeah, you got a book too already planned, folks. You got to make this happen. Come on, right. I'm telling you, it's We're fun. We're so ready. Man, I'm digging. They the know. Art. I, do, I love this art style, though. It's fun. It's different. Okay. It's yeah. I, I could see you in anticipation for real. You got garbled. Energy, tough on this beard. I love it. <laughs> There's a lot of my energy. I uh, cannot contain it. It makes it hard to draw static things. It's gotta come out. Yeah, I'm digging. But it was it was nice I'm too because like I I'd, I'd never gotten to do a kids book before a kids book a young adult book before and this was this was like the first time where I had to like adjust the size of the page I was drawing on and the amount of stuff that I put in and it was challenging so I was very glad to have someone next to me to help me <laughs> kind I of was, rein it in. I was gonna say that was a big theme of yeah. like. You know, yeah. Marie just gives everything to every panel, in, uh, and that's not always yeah. necessary. You know, like in no. terms of like sometimes you don't need backgrounds, particularly writing for um, or at least my philosophy around writing for like young people is is clarity is really important. So like if a particular panel is about a character action or emotion, well, let's just have that character and that emotion. We don't need the background. It kind of you know, I just let's make it really clear what this what this panel is about and what the beat in the panel is. The very um, Jack Kirby yeah. approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it, I, yeah, but but I, but Jack Kirby needed help from the writer on this one to to chill oh, no, that one. Of course, but I'm saying in regards to the art, yeah. you know, when he needed to bring totally. something to the forefront, the background was irrelevant. It's like you know, it's about yeah, what the action yeah. is. Who cares about what's in the but, background right now? I. I would never have gotten there without Kristoff. Everything would have had a background, for sure. <laughs> I and it would have taken three times as long to draw. But like, what what's super nice about having a collaborator who you're friends with in real life 
and have like other other friendship like connections with aside from just comics is they don't feel weird about telling you the stuff that can make you improve so i i was really grateful for that because it was something that i had never thought of to address this type of work before and christoph's right like clarity for kids is super important we want them to be excited about comics and read more comics and not be confused uh and my art can be confusing sometimes well i mean i think it can't ages ago my dad read one of my short comics and it and kind of struggled with it and was like i don't quite understand like i just didn't quite understand the story and and at that moment i was kind of reminded that like reading sequentials you know is it is a skill you know, particularly if particularly if yes. you're playing with four more and doing stuff that's a little bit more complex, like you know, I you have to kind of work your way up to it. So I think for kids and for younger people, you know, especially if like this might be the, you know, hopefully for for some for some young people, it's their first graphic novel. Um, you just yeah, you kind yeah. of want it to be really, really, really readable and not have that you know learning curve that some other comics have. You know, which is you know. Which is great, obviously, you know, and and I love comics that I that uh, the manga play we're going to be backwards. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah, that's another great yeah example yeah. where there's kind of like a little bit of a a reading curve to it. The same way that like uh, you couldn't just start reading prose and jump into something really dense, right? You know, you 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 kind of have to yeah. work your way up to that. You can't just pick up awesome. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well. All right, folks, this is what it is. I need you to pick up this book, April 12th. This is when it's coming out, all right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and Marie, you know, if, I, need, I need you to do uh, a uh, Hellraiser book or something along those lines or Weave World. I mean, if you could do any Hellraiser, I mean, or any Clive Barker story in art form right now. <laughs> <laughs> any of them. Any of them. I would do anything for Clive Barker. Uh, I mean... It's not like I totally didn't do an Aberat fan comic a year ago. And it's not like I won't totally have that comic for sale at (laughs) C2E2 or TCAF or Cake. I would never do anything like that. But I love, I, I would literally do whatever property they gave me for Clive Barker when they were doing like the Hellraiser series a while back, a buddy of mine got to do a comic in that. I was like, I missed out and it was aw- and his comic was sick. It was so sick. They're all sick. I love I love all. Yeah. I love it all. I just made a couple friends of mine actually who are getting into horror watch Nightbreed uh a couple of months ago I love that because movie like so much. I do too. And if you're like if you are going it's important to curate horror so that people feel like horror is accessible to them. Otherwise right. they'll be afraid their whole lives. And yes, everyone was smoking. Everyone needed a chill night. And you cannot watch Saw if you're stoned. You have to watch something no. fun and kind of colorful and weird. Yeah. And if it's a horror movie, Nightbreed is the place to go. Awesome character no. effect. Well, character makeup. And they look funky and weird. So they're fun to laugh at a little bit. Uh, yeah. uh, I love the painted version of Midian. I think that that shot for, yes. in particular is super cool uh and uh i don't know i like all the nightbreed i think they're all super neat but when what i forgot was nightbreed's also a super weird movie and so my friends were like what is happening what's going on what's happening and i was getting so frustrated i was like it's midian it's just midian accept it it's midian 
<laughs> but then Nightbreed also like whenever they put it on a new streaming platform, they add like an extra ten minutes or a new ending or a chunk that you've never yeah, seen. Yeah, the director's cut. Yeah. Yeah, yep, and so well. we're watching this movie, and there's a 10 extra minutes on the end of it that I had never seen before. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And they were like, it's Midian, Marie. It's Midian. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I've been gone. God, not. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so angry. But it was right. so it was so weird to watch. Like, I, I kind yeah. of love all Clive Barker stuff, regardless of yeah. quality. <laughs> so... Uh, I think it's fun, and I would literally do anything. Clive should message me. I'm a huge fan. Clive, Clive, manifest, manifest. What can we manifest? <laughs> anything for Clive Parker to notice me. <laughs> it's not like I totally didn't also like write a parody version of him into my old my own books. Or uh, I don't think is there a Pinhead reference in Under Kingdom? I know I did a couple Hellboy ones, but I wouldn't be surprised if I hid one of those in there too. I think it's it feels, like it feels like it feels familiar, but I can't think of like a specific panel. But if you have, I might have called him like going forward, like needle noggin or something stupid like that. Like I just <laughs> any yeah. Anyway, I I thought he was a kids author until I was an adult, and I realized he super was not. But yep, I yep, I get it. You got it. Let me tell you, I was a big fan movies, comics, and all. But I found them through comics first, through tapping the vein. Which is crazy. Like, what an awesome way to find his work first way. Like, I, I kind of can't yeah. imagine coming to it from comics. I know some people who found him through film first, and that's crazy too, to me. Yeah. But I guess also most people don't read his young adult literature first either. He's like, oh hey, yeah, it was it wasn't accessible at the time either. It was definitely yeah. you know out there. <laughs> he he I was like it. my Harry Potter was Aberat, which is super weird because people are like, I'm Hufflepuff, I'm Ravenclaw. I'm like, I'm from the Big Gay Island hours. I'm uh oh, five a.m. I think that was like Ninny Hammer. No, Huffaker. I'm on Huffaker. So oh, forget man. your forget your Hogwarts house. What Clive Barker Island are you from? Do you hear this, Clive? Clive, Marie's ready. All right, so, I'm so let's ready. see. I'm so if, ready. Christoph, what you ready for, Christoph? If you had a dream project right now, hand it to you. What, what would yeah. that dream look like? That's a great, look, that's a great question. I mean, Warhammer Comics, I would love to write. I mean, that's probably number what? one for me in terms of like licensed so properties. Such a fun, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have a lot of strong feelings about like uh, Warhammer. Uh, and ironically, I think I mentioned other interviews how ironically Warhammer, I mean, played a big role for me in like Under Kingdom in the sense that one of the things I love about Warhammer is it kind of, you wouldn't expect this from like a, a grim dark war game, but it teaches you radical empathy in the sense that because you have all these different factions and they all have their own lore and stories, like even the bad guys, you know, will have like novels dedicated to them. So you kind of, it means that like it never justifies what they do but it explains it so you're like oh i understand like why this guy <laughs> murdered like 20 people in some of the demon it's because of this and that <laughs> and that's so it kind of teaches you like yeah and and that's what i've kind of always loved about warhammer and like re recently i read like one of the 40k novels about like a this big orc dude and it like spent so much time being like this is what how orcs see the universe this is why they believe what it is, they believe and all this kind of stuff by the end of it you like empathize with this like big orc who is like who has a big claw for a hand you know so i love that i love that aspect 
of it. And, and yeah, I would just, and also like the funny thing about Warhammer is it's so, you know, it obviously came out of 40 K in particular came out of uh, Thatcher's England. So it really kind of has, you know, it, it has a very strong anti anti-fascist bent that I think, you know, has only aged better and better. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just, yeah, I just love Warhammer. You know, I mainly do uh, age of Sigma just fantasy one, but I, I, I enjoyed the 40k law, so anything in that world would be a dream project. It would be awesome to see a bunch of different artists take on like a Warhammer version for you, like the different. Uh, it'd be so super cool to do like an anthology of Warhammer stuff. Yeah, like you know, like I, actions. I kind of, you know, Marvel's done a little bit of stuff in that space, but I don't know if you know if if the Warhammer comics haven't got traction or, or what, or if there's something with licensing or what the issue is. But you know, I'd love to see huh. more of them because a lot of the books they've done you know, have felt very safe in terms of the first one was like a Space Marine book um, using like the most kind of popular chapter of the Space Marines, which is fine. And, I'm, you know, Pete, I know Karen Gillan did it and I heard it was really, really good. But it's like, I wanted to see some of the weird stuff. Like, give me a Karen yeah. Space Marine book. Give me a Space Orcs right. book. You know, like no, just- How about this you know, one? I got you. I got you guys right now. The perfect team up book. What if one of those Warhammer armies appeared in the middle of a battle and landed in? Meridian. <laughs> it's there. Oh my god, I would love it. I think I think Clive Barker himself would sign off on a Warhammer Midian crossover. I mean, <laughs> oh shit. Right there, but it'll be done, son. Well, you could probably make it work. One of the things I love about like Warhammer is it's just everything. There's pretty much all aspects of like all sci-fi and fantasy and like the different armies. It just kind of like just consumes and takes from everything, which I love. There we go, there we go. Folks, yeah. man, aren't these folks so awesome, awesome? And I've been showing this off nonstop. You got to follow Chris Marie on all the socials because they locked it down, right? So it's right. bottom right there. Follow Chris, know. follow Marie, click away. This book is dropping on the 14th. Dark Horse Comics, for real. It's a fire book. You like fantasy, you like fun. Like I said, yo, I caught hints, hints of that Clive Barker kind of world building type. And I was so happy that I was kind of leading this right way. I was like, yeah, these people are into this. You know, awesome writing, awesome art. Great book. I mean, 88 pages, folks. Where fast? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it again. So, Start them again. Start them again. I'm so off. proud of it. Look at that. Look at that. Look, look. look how pretty that we book got. Self look at our spot gloss. Look at that. Shiny. That's some self if we get more than one book, I want to set it up so that all the monsters are on the corner. So you have like a little monster parade yes. on your spine of books. Oh, yeah. We've got our dwarves here. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll have skeletons or gnomes yes. or other things. Lots of monsters. You see? Make it happen, folks. You know you want that type of shelf porn. It only makes those shows look sexier, especially when it's quality, good storytelling and world building. This is what these two dynamic duo right here is up to. So please show the love, mm -hmm. show the support. Again, follow them. Tell your LCS you want this book. All right? Again, links below. I'm going to share everything, even the code, to make it easy for you. I'm going to add it right after this. Yes. And you just go to your Thank shop. You like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Make it happen. This is what happens when you connect to get at USA and Australia once again, making greatness happen, baby. Wepa! I can't wait. I can't wait. And Thank we want volume two, so Thank make you. this uh, out. Yes. Me, all right? 
Make it sound. Yes. All right. So again, show the love to Marie, Christoph. Thank you so much, Miente. You know what to do. Thank you for tuning in, for listening, for watching. Hasta la próxima. Much love. Wepa. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please. Sweet. Awesome.